The Hundred Marathon Club by Darren Smith. 2020 has been a bit of a roller coaster for all of us, but not one where we know the ride. You are expecting a twist to the left or a slow climb before a scream inducing descent, but it did the opposite before coming to a grinding halt, leaving us all unexpectedly up in the air and hanging upside down. Given that the year was pretty much cancelled in March by Covid, I didn't have a race booked for this weekend. I wasn't looking that far ahead. You just couldn't. But then Hamburg, originally pencilled in for April, did the hokey-cokey, with them being on, uh, but with a lot of restrictions, then being off if you listen to the federal government, then them being on again if you listen to the race organisers before and almost inevitably being off again because the city couldn't handle the volume of support safely. And so we moved our flights from April to September, cancelling one hotel booking and making another. But then both of those had to be cancelled too. Well, I cancelled mine and so did Jenny and Darsen and Keith and Lewis and Baz still went anyway for St Pauli merchandise and numerous steins. I kind of wish I'd gone, but I just couldn't justify the expense for a non-race weekend piss-up. I felt like my 100 marathon quest was taking too much of a hit because of the pandemic. Having been a slacker after Chicago and arsing up Green Man 45... I hadn't really raced at all. Ten months of racing and potentially ten marathons all lost in the ether. So the quest was taking a hit. And so I saw that the same weekend that Hamburg had been moved to, the 13th of September, was also the date of the Vilnius Marathon. And I had never been to Lithuania and so I booked flights and a hotel and I signed up for the race only for the Lithuanian government to decide last minute that all UK citizens had to quarantine for 14 days. Well, I couldn't have that, and that destroyed any chance that I had of racing there. One of the races that I had signed up for in the spring, uh, that was then cancelled, or at least deferred until 2021, was a Phoenix race. But Rick had started the furnaces a few weeks earlier, creating a socially distanced race HQ. There was no longer bib collection. There was no longer a goodie bag. You wrote your number on your arm in a sharpie. Medals were still left in the plastic, and there was a mandatory buff that you had to wear if you got close to people. And before all of that, there was a two-phase temperature check including a thermal imaging camera that took your temperature and showed you in red and orange. Or red and red if you were angry about how your race calendar was going this year. And so I asked him if I could use my credit and Rick of course said that I could and I found myself ensconced at the Weir pub and inn at Walton-on-Thames on a lovely almost perfect, sunny weekend in September. There was outdoor seating, friendly staff, 
a four-poster bed, a balcony room overlooking the river as boats and canoeists and paddleboarders went messing about in the river. And so I was ready for my third marathon in a six-week post-lockdown period. Number 48, Party Train 2, 13th of September 2019. I had sworn off lap races, as you know, especially after 16 crosses of the M2 motorway bridge in Gravesend. But this, this route was lovely. And I had been here before for the Phoenix Winter Run, the race that completed my first ever 12 in 12 back in 2017. It was along the towpath shared by walkers and cyclists and uh, as boats went up and down the Thames via a lock. In the winter, it was a little bit grim, muddy in places and bitingly cold. But here, it was ideal, maybe, maybe a bit too hot. But the race HQ was ten yards from the pub and all of the drinks that they could sell, given that it was, given that it was open all day. There were several people here that I knew, Paul and Carmen from Twitter. Kyla was supposed to be there, but her lurgy hadn't subsided and she didn't want the risk. And who can blame her in the time of Covid? And it would be one of those races where when you have to work out how to greet or at least acknowledge people that you see again and again and again on the course. It would be eight there and back laps. So there were 16 chances of seeing the same person again and again. Along from the HQ by the pub, you have a split. Uh, and then you can either take uh, a slightly longer route along a nicely paved cycle path, or you could take a narrow stony footpath. Uh, but both bring you out at the same point right next to the lock. Uh, there are two gates either side of the lock uh, that become a bit of a log jam because cyclists there are told to dismount, but of course they don't. Uh, dog walkers are told to keep their pooches on the lead and again, uh, they don't either. There is a water treatment plant which, if anything, had nice spongy mud by it to save the feet a little bit and then a long straight to the turnaround sign. You were never more than 15 feet from the water and there were boats, as I said, canoeists, fishermen making the most of a lovely day and a particularly clean part of the Thames. There was a staggered start, with the first group of five or six going out at 7am. I was pencilled in for 7.45 and given that I was staying at the inn right there, I didn't even climb out of my four-poster bed until 7 I didn't make use of the bag drop either and christened my orange mud double quiver race pack with its high positioning on your back and two large bottles. Filling the right breast pocket with, an, with individual bags of squashies and a roll of shot blocks and my left with my phone as I decided for the first time in a race to use my Bluetooth Jaybird headphones along with a playlist made up of the compilation albums of my youth. Yes, a, a playlist affectionately titled, Now That's What I Call a Playlist. After having my temperature checked, and no, no, not with a rectal thermometer, 
uh, and it was 37.1 in case you were interested and standing on a blue circle on the ground socially distanced from the other half a dozen circles on the ground and then half a dozen other runners in my wave and we were off and I personally was off to a bit of a flyer taking the footpath rather than the cycle route for the first lap and up into the locks whilst this part of the world was still sleeping. We had no pedestrians or cyclists to avoid and we all made good time, waving to, uh, to the others from an earlier wave who were on their way back from the turnaround point and bouncing along lovely, nicely to Nick Kershaw and Yaz and Bow Wow Wow and before too long... Well, so that is uh, lap one of eight done. It's lovely and sunny, lovely and flat. Well, it is the towpath. Let's see how the other seven go. Now, the etiquette when it comes to these kind of races of saying hi or not to fellow, runner, fellow runners you see on the way is tricky, especially when you are grumpy or you are tired or you are half asleep or you don't like the person that you're passing or you really do like the people that you're passing i mean i saw lisa freeman uh, she was there and i'm always happy to see her on these races so what do you do you know when there are 16 there and backs i mean well it's easy to overthink it you can just ignore everyone but where is the camaraderie in that you could do the same smile or thumbs up or wave uh, all the time. You can even mirror what they do. Say well done or just keep going, ignoring everybody. Um, or you can count down the laps, you know, and say, hi, I've only got this many to go, or what lap is this to them? Well, when it came to this point, there was only six. Well, that's lap two. Um, kind of rushing this, I think. Relatively speaking, of course, this is me running, stroke walking, stroke jogging. Um, but yeah, I think that's a uh, lap two done and dusted. Lovely and sunny. On to lap three. There was a guy uh, in a Centurion runner TP100 shirt, and he and I would pass each other and just give each other the thumbs up. Single thumb, a Fonzie as it's known, as opposed to two thumbs up, which is also known as a double Fonzie. Uh, but that makes it look like you're trying too hard. Um, I nodded to Sam. I said hi to Lisa and asked how she was on the first passing before I found myself at the turnaround point again, two hours into the run. And that's lap three, done and dusted. Yeah, seems to be going better than last time. That's a good thing. Uh, so yes, that's to be done. Five to go, yay. And this was going decidedly well. Running up and down a gorgeous stretch of the river is infinitely better than a cyclopark in Gravesend. I think, to be fair to everybody involved, that Rick just has the luck of geography coming from the village next to uh, where we were. And uh, the path now uh, was getting busier and with Sunday walkers out for a stroll and cyclists and, and groups of walkers and families enjoying the day. But that didn't stop me though. Oh no, not at all. Ah, well, that is halfway now. 
um, four laps of eight, it's getting quite hot. Uh, I'm sweating like a monkey, but uh, I think I'm gonna keep going. I've still got another, well, four and a half hours before the cutoff, so I should be fine. Okay, yay, I think. Maybe not, maybe I will, you will see. Much like Gravesend, I bashed out the first half comfortably. I haven't been running much in training and have instead embarked on a pretty hardcore program on the Peloton, um, the Power Zone endurance program designed to, well, yeah, um, up your endurance um, by working for longer and even up to an hour uh, at a lower cadence but with more resistance. You know, and, and the instructors say things, things like, this is the zone that you could probably stay in all day if you had to, or this is the pace you could manage for an hour, and you could still hold a conversation when pressed, but you probably don't want to. And it did mean that I felt strong and that I could handle the day, but only after getting over that initial period, that hump. I hate the first hour of any run. The first six miles are always achy and painful as your body naturally stretches and finally relaxes. Also, your mind at the beginning is also doubting itself. But inevitably, you do warm up and you relax and your legs start to feel great. And mine did after all the peloton training, all the way up to the end of the next lap taking the slightly longer cycle path back just to break up the monotony. <coughs> oh, so that's uh, lap five done now. Uh, there's a lot of old uh, wooden Dunkirk boats now at the, uh, at the lock going up the Thames. Stunning. You can't get this anywhere else. Anyway, on to the next one. And it was about here that I decided to treat myself to an ice-cold pint of Pepsi at the Weir pub. Carmen had already finished her race and Lisa was only running fewer laps. So Carmen and Jenny were in the pub and I was happy to take a few swigs of the pint of Pepsi before putting the rest in one of my two bottles and heading out for lap six, adopting at this stage a run-walk to break up the run and happily move my way through the course way under the cutoff. Well, just completed lap six. It means I've only got two to go. Uh, I think I have a long time to do it. I've done that in four hours. I've got three hours to do two laps. Uh, well, I should be fine, hopefully. Anyway, see you on the next one. It was about now that the single and double Fonzie thumbs up to fellow runners or waves or even a smile or a nod seemed to lessen. Head down, it was tough as it was hot and people were starting to feel it, having to weave in and out of the crowds past the water treatment plant through the lock, making use of the cold water tap that came as welcome relief and then back again, slowing down, breaking the race down from one single race to eight laps of three and a bit miles, or 16 there and backs of a mile and a half. As you come up to the halfway point, you start telling yourself, don't think of it like that. We've only got three 
sixteenths of the race to go. And so that was lap seven uh, done and dusted. Uh, onto the final lap, and at the end of it, uh, pub lunch, I think, is needed, and several pints of beer. Um, but it's incredibly hot now, so I'm probably just going to walk it in. Anyway, I'll see you at the finish. Rick, uh, as I came up to him, was uh, sitting in his deck chair, enjoying the sun with the crew at the race HQ. We shouted our race numbers to him as I did my final turn uh, and headed out for more of a marching lap than a running lap, uh, uh, just so not to destroy myself uh, before what would then become a great afternoon of drinking and a Sunday pub lunch. And then it was done. I mean, really, that last there and back, I mean, it was just over three miles, but when you're marching it and you now know the route so well, it kind of just passes. And then it's done. And you were done. Well, there it is. Um, marathon number 48 uh, completed uh, along the towpath. I don't even know what the race was called, to be fair. Um, but it doesn't really matter. Uh, but it was done and dusted. And now at the rear pub, uh, a pint of Cronenberg, please. And that was it. I didn't want to do any more lap races after Gravesend, but needs must and all that. Hamburg caved in to the federal government, so I couldn't go there. Lithuania chose to protect its borders from outsiders, and so I couldn't go there. But Rick Verko at Phoenix Running was happy to let us race with all the correct controls in place. And I am very glad that he did. Next up, the Chilton 50.